0: Welcome to Episode 4 of Roxor Media's podcast, Martial Arts Stuff. Today is an excerpt from Podzor Episode 40, in which we talk about defensive versus protective posturing in the martial arts. The music today is by c and you can hear more of c music at podsafeaudio.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. So martial arts stuff. Aww. I got the, I picked this one up at the very last minute. Yeah, this was a good catch. Actually, it was very. I
1: thought it was an interesting topic.
0: I thought so too, um, and I don't know necessarily what you got out of it, but um, it's a it's an article on the uh, the hopiology site. Hopology. Hopology, Yes, is that how it's pronounced. Yes. Well, that's quite a word. It isn't is it? quite a word. Yeah, the hopology site is essentially the. The scientific study of combative things.
1: <laughs>
0: For lack of a better term. It's fighting and junk.
1: Fighting and fightin junk?
0: Fighting and junk. Yeah. Um, but this article talks about the difference between... The mindset difference between... Uh, uh, defensive, defensive and... Defensive and protective. And I do think that there are... Um, and and I'll I'll define what those terms mean to me anyway. And he defines it in the article, but I guess I may have picked up something different when reading just thinking about something different when reading the article than All he right. specifically talks about. Defensive to me is defending one's own self. Okay. Protective is is having to defend another. In the defense of someone else, in other words. Um so you're protecting someone and I, I'm not exactly sure if that's what he meant by the article but
1: I don't think it was but what, do you, what do
0: you think he meant by the article
1: uh, oh well I mean his, the article just basically talked about I mean he summed it up nicely saying basically um, to defend yourself isn't is an end right yeah you are defend. I'm defending myself yeah. in general let's say it's you know it's an end yeah being protective is a means to that end you can defend yourself by being protective, by doing things in a protective manner and that sort of thing.
0: Ah. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So
1: Protection is a means to an end, that end in this particular case being defensive, defending okay. oneself.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, when, when I was looking at the article, one of the things I started thinking about was oftentimes in martial arts, you are taught to disable someone so that you can get away yes disable so that you can run away kinds of things and uh, uh as you know for for a while we were talking about doing a uh, and and we still may do this a self defense class right and it's something that i want to do personally because i want to have the experience of of you mm-hmm. know running a self defense class yes. you know and just like an hour it's, hour and a quarter like you know it would be it would
1: be a nice precursor to um what it might be like to have your own school School. yeah yeah I think so Um,
0: and so one of my first I I was looking through books at Schuller's and um, one of the scenarios they present was uh, a woman who and it could be it could be a man doesn't really matter you go into a uh, an elevator and right before the door shut somebody slips through the elevator doors and as the elevator's going down, they hit the emergency stop button. Right. This is a this is not a situation where you can kick them in the balls and run. Correct. You are in deep doo-doo at right. that point. You're in you're in real serious trouble. And the other scenario, of course, would be is if if you're protecting someone that's hurt.
1: Right. You don't have the option to run. You
0: don't have the option to <laughs> run. And 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 part of what I started thinking about is that in martial arts, those scenarios aren't really trained for very often.
1: That's a very good point. I, um, didn't, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah. Those are two very, very good examples yeah. of, uh, of, you're right, you can't just cut and run.
0: Yeah, and, and even um, what if, uh, y- you know, when defending against two people, you always try to line them up. Right? Right. So one's behind the other, and you just.
1: Let you them just, trip over themselves. You circle,
0: you. you circle around them until they're lined up so that only one can attack you at a time. Well, if your buddy is on the ground with a broken leg or a broken arm or incapacitated. And you can't leave him. And you can't leave him, and you don't want to circle around.
1: Right. You don't want to put him you, in the way because they'll just kick you him with, st- with ill regard. Right. You, know? right. you want to stay
0: between him and them.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different ball game.
0: Then it's a whole different ball game. And you know, it's funny because um I I keep I go back to it a lot. One of our instructors uh Don had I was talking to him about the uh defense against a knife issue. Yeah. And and we've discussed it a little bit how, you know, that that video I saw that said defense against a knife is a myth and uh, all that jazz and and you know, I like I say I keep going back to one of the things that Don said was well, if you're unarmed and you're defending against a knife, you're already having a bad day. Yeah. You know, so, um, and, and it's funny because one of the things I, one of the times that I thought of that was, uh, we just had a secondary black belt test. Yes. Uh, at uh, Innovative, Innovative Martial Arts, um, which was really good, really, I'm always impressed with those girls. <laughs> yeah. Especially during tests. Yeah, testing. they do a hell of a job. It's amazing. Yep. Um, but uh, I remember talking to one of the other black belts. One of, the, uh, uh, one of the parts of our test is our head instructor will go to all the black belts. We'll ask the question of all the black belts, you know, think of a scenario, place the tester in that scenario, and then they will have to defend themselves from that scenario. And uh, I was talking to one of the other black belts, and he said, well, what he was thinking of was... Uh, stomach down on the ground in full mount with the other person's forearm against their neck yep and I remember saying to him you know sometimes there are positions that are simply undefendable
1: I've been in that position in a real-life fight a long time ago when I was in college and sometimes had someone not pulled the guy off of me you're not you're doing nothing
0: sometimes you're just screwed right you know and and i think that um you know in the kind of scenario where and and what made me think of this was that if if someone you're protecting is incapacitated and it's a two-on-one scenario and you have you cannot you have to remain between those two people and the person you're defending you're in a very bad situation right that's that's probably one of the worst situations. I mean, you know, you can multiply by people, and it can get even worse. But, right. Um, that's, but you're
1: in a, you're between a rock and a hard. place. You're
0: definitely between a rock and a hard place, and, and I would I would argue that there would be a lot of people to say that that situation, un- unless the two people you're fighting are are not very good, um, it's almost indefendable.
1: Yeah, at that I mean, point. you're gonna. You're gonna get it hurting. You're gonna get hurt. You know get a what I say? I mean, the only thing you can do, I think, in a situation like that, you pick one of the guys and you take, you do the best you can to take one of them with you, yeah. And you just expect that the other guy's probably gonna get you too. Yeah. But if you can at least maim them as bad yep. as whatever, you know what I mean? Because then,
0: well, and that's what I think goes back to this article and what what made me start thinking is that when you're thinking of in a defensive when you're in a defensive posture, you. Th- I mean, I don't know what it, I don't know what the word brings to your mind, but to my mind, I think of blocking. I think of aikido type movements where you're trying to avoid strikes. Yeah. Um, when you're in a protective stance, right, at least for me anyway, uh, if I have somebody who's on the ground behind me and is incapacitated in some way, or I'm I'm simply defending my wife, you know, who who may be able to move around, but I don't want her to get grabbed by one of these guys because then right. you know that's a bad situation too. Um, my I sort of step up my DEFCON rating, where uh, where before I might be hesitant to stick a finger in eye, right? You know but what now I mean? you will
1: because I mean the situation like I say I think your Def CON
0: rating goes up and if it's <clears throat> if it's me against one other person and you know we're in the parking lot of a bar right i don't want to start pulling eyes out it's an entirely different scenario it's an entirely different scenario in that case i have a tendency to be more defensive right you know i don't want to get hit i want to i want to hit him more than anything else to stun him or her <laughs> um but Doing dramatic physical damage is not necessarily my goal. Correct. You know, and I think in a protective stance, doing dramatic physical damage is your
1: goal. <laughs> See, and I actually have a different kind of perspective on that because I think of it this way. Um, you know, if if someone were to stick you in a room and say, "Defend yourself," right? To me, that means defend myself as if somebody comes after me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, you know, you know I'm, going to do, I'm going to do something. I'm, right. going to, I'm going to take, defending myself could involve me attacking. could involve me doing right. whatever I have to do to defend myself or right. to, to get out of the situation. Somebody puts me in the room and they say, protect yourself. And that, for me, brings up the mindset of don't get hit, don't get hurt. Avoid oh, so, being.
0: So the, the, the nomenclature has the exact opposite yeah, meaning for, for you. Yeah, for me.
1: Because I think that, I mean, defend yourself. Someone's coming after you, defend yourself. But let me right. ask
0: you this, what do you think of as a defensive move? A punch?
1: A defensive move is anything that uh, I would say it's, it's more reactionary. Like, but it's reactionary, but it can also be an offense. I can defend myself by punching their punch right. or by kicking their kick right. or something like that. right? You know, when, I, when I'm protecting myself. Yeah. That reminds me of protective gear, protective this things where I'm like, where I've right. got people kicking me, and I'm trying to make sure the soft spots are covered. Right,
0: that's you true. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: protective always brings in my mind like gear, protect yourself. Wear, yeah, wear this; it'll protect you. Yeah, and
0: I guess I was thinking more in the in the sense that <clears throat> you are the protect. You instead of being the defender, you are a protector. Right. You are protecting either your life <laughs> or the life of someone else. Um, and then again, I do think that it, it ramps up to a much greater degree. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing where where people don't go to war to save their lives. They go to war to save the lives of the families that they leave behind. Right. And it allows soldiers to run over that ridge and, and, and face the bullets that are flying at them because They're not thinking of their own well-being, they're thinking of the well-being of their loved ones. They're
1: doing it for a lot more people than themselves. Right, which
0: I really think that it's that mentality. So, you know, sort of coming full circle to this, um, would it be a good idea, one, to train for that mentality, which I think some people do. I mean, I've seen, like, the giant bear attack outfits. That sort of people can just go to town, right? You give them the big that. marshmallow
1: thing, and yeah. people Can do whatever they want. They, and they can hurt. The they person. can go to
0: town on mm. those things. However, right.
1: um, uh, when you get somebody in gear like that, that person can't move the way a real person moves.
0: And not only that, but that person is then like you know, twelve feet thick, right, and ten feet. Well, tall. No,
1: this kind of gets back to the whole thing we've had before, which is how real does it need to be, right? you know how I, real is your training and right. you know is it important is
0: it not important well and i and I, one of the things that this brings up for me though is that you know if you get into a street fight you are not sparring with someone
1: no you are not
0: you are not with sparring with someone and i think that it's important that that's recognized and especially when you are trying to protect someone else um you are definitely not sparring with someone right and and that's when you need to ramp it up and I, I don't know i mean i i think that it would be interesting to sort of have a sparring scenario where you're where you're trying to protect Uh, A downed individual.
1: Yeah, but what are you going to do? I mean, honestly, you in our class. I guess you could not have really a scenario. Here's Dan laying down on the ground, and Chuck and Don come at me, and I have to stay between them and you.
0: Right. I'm done. You can't punch them in the throat anyway. Right. You still can't punch them in the throat. Right.
1: So what am I training at that point? You know. What are you training for? Yeah. At that point, I'm like, okay, uh, (laughs) I'm about to get my ass kicked. Interesting.
0: So uh, I guess what what we we get down to is that there are. There are, are
1: undefensible scenarios. There are untrainable scenarios. Untrainable. You're right. There are
0: scenarios, scenarios for which you simply cannot train for. Right. Because your training is, well, and we've talked about you know pulling people's throats out and poking people in the eye and things like that. Yeah. Simply put, it's a scenario that you that you just cannot train for.
1: Right. I mean, you can train to a degree. You can, you can, you know, touch people on the throat or fake whatever. Right. but You can't. You can't make it so you have an yeah. adrenaline rush kind of near realism about it Yeah, like you can do. I,
0: I have yeah. always thought that it would be interesting, and I don't know if it's like a government secret or something, but um, how to make that ballistics gel stuff. Oh. Because what you I can do... You just buy it. Can you really? Yeah. I do think what would be a really interesting scenario is to get a block of that ballistics gel and do knife training with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To get a sense well, and for you can do all sorts of stuff, even um, a nice piece of wood wrapped in some heavy rope or something like that. Well, because it gives you it gives you a viscous feedback when you're cutting into something. That's
0: and and I not only that, but the reality of it as well I think would be interesting. Yeah, so were we
1: talking last week when somebody said they were
0: Yeah, on that uh, martial yeah, arts show. Yeah. And they said the, it was
1: they kind of felt hesitant to, about the yeah, fact that it felt they, like they a emotionally person.
0: Pulled back a little bit a little bit because yeah. it was kind of gruesome you know but the other thing you know one of the things that we talk about in our training as far as knife fighting goes is that I mean as gruesome as this is your blade gets stuck. Because it creates a cavity in the body and then the suction from pulling that blade out is Actually, you need some force to pull it out. It doesn't slide out easily
1: Well, and 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 so things like ballistics
0: gel would give that feeling right now give you a sense for that anyway
1: And we're kind of moving into other things here, but speaking of mindsets Yeah, I think a lot of people especially when we start talking about knife fights and weapons and stuff like that They don't consider the fact that there's gonna be blood that yeah. you may cut someone and their blood may squirt all over your face, get in your mouth, you know, get in your eyes.
0: Actually on that topic, I was watching um the uh, ultimate fighter, the TV show that's on yeah. TBS, I think. Yeah, with
1: Tito and what's his name?
0: Yeah, they're Shamrock. They're they're on a season four now, so they're not out anymore.
1: They're not out anymore. Okay.
0: Anyway, I was watching the fight and this guy got cut uh, on the top of this near Near, the, the cr- near his crown, yeah, you right? You said he
1: was bald, right? So he just bled like a stuck pig. Well, he, was, he had very short hair, and he bled
0: Hor. I mean, it was the bloodiest fight I think I've ever seen in the UFC. Yeah. And the doctor was being interviewed afterwards, or I, I can't remember. Somebody was being interviewed afterwards and said, you know, from a medical standpoint, him bleeding that excess- excessively is not really a big deal. I mean... It's dramatic for the people watching it because it seems so bloody right but it's really not that much blood that he's losing and it's not it's not medically dangerous for him right Um, especially if it's not bothering his vision and it's not getting in his eyes it's just a
1: cut in the right place so it bleeds a lot right
0: and what he was doing is he was getting the guy down to the ground and then bleeding on him right and I could see him sort of shaking his head to get his blood in the other guy's eyes that would fucking freak me out yeah but um, one of the things the guy being interviewed said is he said a lot of fighters will see themselves bleeding that much and just stop.
1: Right. They'll, whoa, just, whoa. they'll lose yeah. all. Sort of a quasi shock almost. Yeah. We're like, holy shit! I'm bleeding. Okay, yeah. that's especially if you're going to bleed profusely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that you know, a mindset is is a very, very important factor in the martial arts, and you've oh, got to no you've got to be careful. I mean, one of the things that we train for is that you know if if you're at a friend's party and someone's getting out of control, you don't want to break his arm. Right. You know. But you still need to control the situation. But you still need to control the and situation. The mindset's different, you're right. And you have to have you have to be able to scale it back and forth depending on the situation. Right. So anyway. Yeah, like
1: you shouldn't go off on your buddy in your kitchen and beat the crap out of him so one of your other buddies can jump up between you and take a <laughs> <out> off. <laughs> Not like that's ever happened. Uh, yeah,
0: the one, the one of the few fights I've had to separate is uh, Sterling and was that a friend of yours or just a guy that was at a party?
1: No, no, it was it was he was one of our roommates and I also worked with him at the time. Okay. And he was being a dick and he touched me. <laughs> he was being all he was being him up in my face yeah. and he poked me in the chest. Yeah and don't I mean you can yell at me all you want but don't invade my personal space right you just don't know what's gonna happen right and right. I don't think he expected that
0: no no you got <laughs> you got so pissed so fast and I remember I was in the other room I think I was macking on some chick or something like that no because my oh that's another good story my girlfriend yeah. Was there. yeah um, we'll save that story for another time um, but uh, I remember sort of quietly slipping between you two and i think i was i think i was i was facing him and i had my back to you yes because I knew that you wouldn't hit me. Right. But I didn't know that he wouldn't hit me. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. keep that in mind when you're separating people that are fighting. Yeah. Pick, Which, the, pick the one that's least likely to hit you and put yeah. your back to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's actually very good advice. Very good advice.
0: Fun stuff.
1: Um, oh, um, one last thing about mindset's interesting. Yeah. I think it's one of those things you, you need to know beforehand. Don't wait till your life is in a situation to make a decision yeah. about how you can do. You know, make that pace. a pre-made decision. Um, I, my friend Matt, his wife has told, has already basically told him, look, you know, if when push comes to shove, as my life is on the line, I will not hurt another person. I'll right. let them kill me first. Right. You know, and for me, I think that's insane. But that's you know, not a, made a lot of people are like that. when it though. comes down to it, right. if it's me or you it's you it's you <laughs> oh yeah you know i yeah. will tooth and nail i mean oh, yeah. i will fight to the death yeah. it will be my goal to kill you before i well, die. well
0: and i do think that that's important especially for women in self-defense scenarios in that you have to make a decision about um you know i i think that that rape is probably it's 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 right there with murder i think it's almost i think it's bad. worse I think it's worse well ultimately you're not you're not literally taking someone's life
1: no but once you're dead the dead person doesn't have anything left to think about or worry about
0: but they don't have anything else to enjoy or appreciate right
1: but they're not gonna miss it they're dead you break someone's spirit when you rape them yeah and they have to live with that for the rest of their life and so, get over that
0: um I, I think that that you know oftentimes women have to pre make the decision about whether they're going to sort of accept the horrible fate, right, or fight to the death, right, be and and literally, un- unfortunately as it is, in as horrible a situation as it is, that's the decision that needs to be made. Yep, is that you either fight because there's a chance that if you choose to fight, they will kill you,
1: right. However. There's also a chance if you choose not to fight, they will kill you.
0: That's very true. That's very true. And, you know, I I, I, I think that for some women, they, they, just, they pre-make the choice that they will choose not to kill someone else. Right. And that they will have to survive the horrible experience.
1: Right. Well, um, you know, and... and Hey, no decisions. I mean, the decision's not right or wrong or gross. What it so, is. Yeah, very The personal. point is, make the decision. Make the decision. Make it now because if you have to, I mean, you don't want to have to be hemming and hawing over this decision while you're in the middle of some conversation. Yeah, you don't
0: want to think, I'm going to stick my thumb in his eye. Ooh, that's gross. I don't really want to do it. Right.
1: Make that decision now.
0: You can reach either Sterling or myself at rocksormedia.com That's R-O-X-O-R media.com. Thanks for listening.